Chapter Two of Young Robin Hood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Minnie Ang. Young Robin Hood by George Fenn. Chapter Two. It is not nice to be pitched by a man off a horse's back onto the top of your head. That's what young Robin thought as he sat up and rubbed the place, looking very rueful and sad. But he did not seem to be entirely alone there in the dense forest, for there was another young Robin, with large eyes and a speckled jacket, sitting upon a twig and watching him intently. Robin could think nothing but himself, his aching head, his scratches, some of which were bleeding. Then he listened, and fancied that he heard shouting, with the trampling of mules and the breaking of twigs. But he was giddy and puzzled, and after struggling through some undergrowth, he sat down upon what looked like a green velvet cushion. But it was only the moss-covered root of a great beech tree, which covered him like a roof and made him all soft and shady. And now it was perfectly quiet, and it seemed restful after being shaken and jerked about on the horse's back. Robin was tired, too, and the dull, half-stupefied state of his brain stopped him from being startled by his strange position. His head ached, though, and it seemed nice to rest it, and he stretched himself out on the moss and looked up through the leaves of the great tree, where he could see in one place the ruddy rays of the evening sun glowing, and then he could see nothing, think nothing. Then he could think, though he still could not see, for it was very dark and silent and strange, and for some minutes he could not understand why he was out there on the moss instead of being in Aunt Hester's house at Elton or at home in Nottingham Town. But he understood it all at once, recollecting what had taken place, and for a time he felt very, very miserable. It was startling, too, when from close at hand someone seemed to begin questioning him strangely by calling out, But at the end of a minute or two he knew it was an owl, and soon after he was fast asleep and did not think again till the sun was shining brightly, and he sat up, waiting for old David to come and pull him up on the horse again. Robin waited, for he was afraid to move. "'If I begin to wander about,' he said to himself, "'David will not find me, and he will go home and tell father I'm lost, and when all the time he threw me off the horse because he was afraid and wanted to save himself.' So the boy sat still, waiting to be fetched. The robin came and looked at him again, as if wondering that he did not pull up flowers by the roots and dig, so that worms and grubs might be found, and finally flitted away. Then, all at once, there was the pattering of feet, and half a dozen deer came into sight, with soft dappled coats, and one of them with large, flat-pointed horns. But at the first movement robin made, they dashed off among the trees in a series of bounds. Then there was another long pause, and Robin was thinking how hungry he was when something dropped close to him with a loud rap, and looking up sharply he caught sight of a little keen-eyed, bushy-tailed animal looking down from a great branch as if in search of something it had let fall. "'Squirrel!' said Robin aloud, and the animal heard and saw him at the same moment, showing its annoyance at the presence of an intruder directly for it began to switch its tail and to scold after its fashion, loudly, its utterances seeming like a repetition of the word chop, more or less quickly made. Finding its scolding to be in vain, and that the boy would not go, the squirrel did the next best thing, bounded along from bough to bough, 
while after waiting wearily in the hope of seeing david the boy began to look round this tree and the next and finally made his way some little distance further into the forest to be startled at last by a harsh cry which was answered first from one place and then another by the noisy party of jays that had been disturbed in their happy solitude to robin it was just as if the first one had cried hoy i say here's a boy and weary with waiting and hungry as he was the constant harsh shouting irritated the little fellow so that he hurried away followed by quite a burst of what seemed to be mocking cries with the intention of finding the track leading across the forest but he had not gone far before he found himself in an open glade dotted with beautiful great oak trees and nearly covered with the broad leaves of the bracken which were agitated by something passing through and beneath giving forth a grunting sound directly after he caught sight of a long black back then of others and he saw that he was close to a drove of small black pigs hunting for acorns one of the pigs found him at the same moment and saluted him with a sharp barking sound wonderfully like that of a dog this was taken up directly by the other members of the drove who with a great deal of barking and grunting came on to the attack for they did not confine themselves to threatening their life in the forest making them fierce enough to be dangerous robin's first thought was to run away but he knew that four legs are better than two for getting over the ground and felt that the drove would attack him more fiercely if they saw that he was afraid his next idea was to climb up into the fork of one of the big trees but he knew there was not time so he obeyed his third notion which was to jump to where a big piece of dead wood lay pick it up and hit the foremost pig across the nose with it the blow did wonders it made the black pig which received it utter a dismal squeal and its companions stop and stand barking and snapping all around him but the blow broke the piece of dead wood in two and the fierce little animals were coming on again when a voice cried hi you knocking our tigs about and a rough boy about a couple of years older than robin rushed into the middle of the herd kicking first at one and then at another banging them with a long hooked stick he held and making them run squealing in all directions what are you knocking our tigs about for cried the boy sharply as he stared hard at the strange visitor to the forest his eyes looking greedily at the little fellow's purple and white jerkin and his cap the little white feather in it they were coming to bite me said robin quickly while it struck him as funny that the boy should knock the pigs about himself what are you doing here said the boy robin told him of his misfortune and finished by saying i'm so hungry and i want to go home where can i get some breakfast dunno said the boy have some of these he took a handful of acorns from a dirty satchel and held them out robin catching at them eagerly putting one beneath his white teeth and biting it but only to make a face full of disgust it's bitter he said it's not good to eat makes our tigs fat said the boy look at him but i'm not a pig said robin i want some bread and milk where can i get some the boy shook his head where do you live asked robin along master where's that the boy shook his head and stared at the cap and feather one of his hands opening and shutting will you show me the way home then the boy shook his head again and now stared at the velvet jerkin and then at his own garb which consisted of a piece of sack with slits in it for his head and arms to come through and a strip of cowskin for a belt to hold it in. "'I could show you where to get something,' he said at last. "'Well, show me,' cried Robin. "'You give me that jacket and cap, then,' said the boy, in a husky low voice. 
give you my clothes said robin wonderingly i can't do that then i shall take em said the boy in a husky growl i'm so hungry cried robin show me where to get something and i'll give you my cap and feather i wants the jacket too said the boy i tell you i can't give you that cried robin then i means to take it robin shrank away and the boy turned upon him fiercely none of that he cried see this here stick if you was to try to run away i should send it spinning after you and it would break your legs and knock you down and i could send the tigs after you and they'd soon bring you back robin drew a deep breath he felt hot and his hands clenched as he longed to strike out at his tyrant but the young swineherd was big and strong and the little fellow knew that he could next to nothing against such an enemy then there was a pause robin stood hot excited and panting the herd boy threw himself down on his chest rested his chin upon his hands as he stared fiercely at robin and kicked his feet up and down while the pigs roamed here and there nuzzling the fallen acorns out from the bracken and crunching them up loudly robin wanted to run and he did not want to run and all at the same time for his strongest desire just then was to fight his tyrant and for some minutes neither spoke at last the big boy said in a low growling way now then are you gonna give me them things no said robin through his set teeth again there was silence you give em to me and i'll show you the way to where they live and they'll give you roast deer and roast pig perhaps for two of ours gone master says he counted them and they ain't all there and he wails me with a strap because i let them take the pigs and next time he counts them there's more than there was before but he's whipped me all the same you give me them things and i'll take you to where you'll get lots to eat and milk and eggs and apples you hear i won't give them to you i can't i mustn't cried robin passionately the boy said nothing but looked away at his pigs two of which were fighting ah would you he cried and he made believe to rush at them with his big hook-handled stick robin was thrown off his guard and before he was aware of it the boy made a side leap and dropping his stick seized him threw him over on his back and sat astride upon his chest now won't you give em to me cried the herd boy and he whipped off the cap and threw it to a little distance with the result that half a dozen pigs rushed at it and as he made a brave fight to get rid of his enemy the last that robin saw of his velvet cap and plume was that one black pig tore out the feather while another was champing the velvet in his mouth it was a brave fight but all in vain and a few minutes later the boy was standing triumphantly over poor robin with a gay jerkin rolled up under his arm and the little fellow struggled to his feet in his trunk hose and white linen shirt hot angry and torn and wishing with all his might that he were as big and strong as the tyrant who had mastered him i told yer i would said the young ruffian with a grin you should have given them to me at first then i shouldn't have hurt you come on i'll show you now to where you can get something to eat in his anger and shame robin felt that he wanted no food now only to go and hide himself away among the trees but his enemy's next words had their effect you didn't want this here he said you got plenty on you now better nor i have there go straight on there and i'll show you do you hear i don't want to go now said robin fiercely oh don't you then i do you're a-going afore i make you and when they gives you a lot you're going to eat part and bring some to me so's i can help eat the rest you bring a lot mind cause i can eat ever so much 
Now then, go on. I can't. I don't want to, cried Robin. You go first. What? And Master come perhaps and find me gone? Likely. He'd give me the strap again. There, get on. Robin winced, for the young ruffian picked up his stick and poked him as he would one of his pigs. But the little fellow could not help himself, and he went on in the required direction among the trees, the forest growing darker and darker, till suddenly voices were heard, and the boy stopped. "'You go straight along there,' he said, "'and I'll wait.' "'No, you go,' said Robin. "'You know them.' "'Oh, yes, and them want some more pigs? Want me to be leathered again?' Robin said, "'No.' But he felt all the time that he should like to see the young tyrant flogged and forced to return the folded-up doublet, and he thought sadly of his spoiled and lost cap. End of chapter 2 Recording by Minnie Ann Greater Toronto Area